Redo. How many of you have played sports before? I think we just did this like two Wednesdays ago. We played kickball out back with the kids. And if you get a bad kick sometimes, what do you want to do? I need a redo, redo, redo. I didn't like that one. Anybody been there? (laughs) Brylan does it all the time when we play things. I want to do a redo. Let me do it again. And it happens to the best of us that we want to redo. We had a, a bad throw or a bad hit. Let me have a redo. Okay? So this morning, you may be here and the enemy is telling you that what you're going through, you're never going to get out of. That what you've done is too big of a mistake to be forgiven. But I want to tell you this morning, and we're going to repeat this together because I think he really needs to hear it. So if you're dealing with something this morning or you've done something, maybe you did it 20 years ago. Maybe you did it yesterday. Maybe you did this morning by not worshiping. Can we get a redo, Carlin? Because I just didn't feel it. Maybe it's that soon. This morning, I want to tell you guys something, and you're going to repeat after me. Are you ready? You have to be ready for this, because I want you to shout it. Because he likes to, the enemy tries to convince you that you don't get redos, that you cannot be forgiven, that you can't go back to where God had you at one time because you've messed up too many times. So we're going to tell him something this morning. Is that okay? Sometimes it's good to just let him have it. So here we go. Devil! You're the biggest liar in the world. Hmm. That's all right. No, I think so too. I think all those dignified people just need to get a lawn dignified. Devil! You're the biggest liar in the world. Yeah. Sometimes we need to tell him that. We need to stand on that and make sure he remembers who he is and that he's already defeated. And you're not too far gone for for God to give you a redo, a fresh start, to start over. And you need to know this morning that if you messed up and the enemy's saying you're through, you need to know it's not always going to be like this if you're going through something right now. It's not always going to be like this. That God's going to give you a fresh start. That he allows redos. And you may have done something really bad, but you need to know that God will let you start over. That God will pick you up in the middle of the mess that you made and let you start over and get a fresh start. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning, a redo. Using your past to improve your future. If you'll turn in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, Gary Earhart told me something that is not really, well, a trivia kind of thing. He said, as I was preaching last week, that he makes notes in his Bible about who preached on what and what scripture it was, the title. And he said, on that date, May 9th last week, 11 years ago, Mark Shell preached on that very scripture that I preached on last week. So I thought that was really cool. How God lines things up like that. Philippians 3, verses 12 through 14. I've got some other scriptures I'll hit on today, but this one's going to be on the screen for you this morning. Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Devil, you're a liar. All right, here we go. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. 
No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I want to hit on that again. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you and I praise you and I worship you, God. Because in the bad times, in the rough times, in the times that we make mistakes, you're still there. So God, this morning as we talk about getting a redo, Father, I pray for every heart right now that's in here this morning that may be struggling with something they've done in their past and they had the enemy just beating them up about it, God, that they understand there is a fresh start in you. Father, I praise you and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So he talks about running this race, and I'm going to come down right off the bat here this morning and get personal. He talks about running this race, and in this race of life, in our faith walk, we are going to have moments where we mess up. If you're perfect in here, raise your hand. I'm going to come shake your hand. So we have moments where we mess up. I'm going to take a lap around the church. I, was gonna, I thought about running, but uh, I don't want to. <laughs> so I'm on this, let's just pretend this circle I'm making is my life or your life. And we go around in life and things come up sometimes. And we mess up. Linda, have you ever messed up in life? Do you care to share one thing? All right. Before you were married? All right. Linda's honest and open. I appreciate that. Getting pregnant before she was married. What happens to us sometimes when we trip up in life? We fall. I'm falling right here, Linda. She let me know that there's been a mistake that she made in her life that the enemy probably tried to beat her up about. But you know what Linda did? She got back up. And she kept going. Now everybody knows I'm making a lap around. They do not want me to talk to them. (laughs) I'm still going in life. Karen Wason back here in the corner. Karen, have you ever messed up in life? Anything you want to share? Any mistakes? It's all under the blood now. But another moment where we fall. I fell. If you can't see me back here. But I know Karen... And I know Karen knows that there is redemption found in Jesus. There's forgiveness found in Jesus. And she got back up. And she kept going in this faith walk, this walk with the Lord. She got a redo. It's really quiet when you're not walking around here. (laughs) Everybody's looking forward, paying attention, not even making eye contact with me. Still going in this thing called life. Moving along. Sometimes things go really well in our walk with the Lord. And you're just on a cloud of sunshine all the time. There's other times. Cindy Horton. Where. (laughs) there There are things that trip us up. 
Anything in particular in your life that has made you fall before, Cindy? A daily race. So sometimes Cindy falls and struggles and doesn't have things figured out and needs the Lord to pick her back up and dust her off and send her on her way again. You guys, you guys got this, I got to watch this row right here. Dalton? I was just seeing if he was sleeping. Got anything that's ever tripped you up? Any sin in your life? I'm sure. I'm sure too. <laughs> but again, I know Dalton. I know stuff he struggled with in his past. If you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. But he's struggled, and I know he's fallen down in life. We all have. We all get to these moments where the enemy, you know, we let him in and, and we struggle and we fall and we sin and we mess up and then he just starts piling it on us that we can't do good anymore, that we're not going to be forgiven. God's given us a hundred times. He's not going to give you a hundred and one. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He gives a redo when we fall, when we struggle, when we mess up. He gives us this redo that we can learn from our past, that we can start again, that we don't have to stay on the ground beat up, messed up, thinking that we're not forgiven. You don't need to be in that place because God does forgive. But if we're not careful, we can let our past mistakes start controlling us. And we can start looking at ourselves as a, fail, a failure and that we're never going to get it right. We can dwell on that past and feel like there's no hope for us. But again, Jesus, in Jesus, we find our hope, we find our redemption in him. In him. And we don't have to be defined by our past. It took me a long time to figure that out in my own life. That the mess that I made and the depression that I, I launched into was not where I was going to stay. I didn't understand that. I thought, this is just it. I'm going to feel like this all the time, and there's nothing that's going to change it until I found my hope in Jesus. And I understood that he had a calling on my life. He's got a calling on your life. And he wants to do great things through you and in you. And you don't have to stay in that place. He wants us to press on towards the life he has for us, not sulk in the failures of before. And I love that God is patient with us. Hello. I am so thankful for that. That he didn't just swap me like a fly and say, I'm done with you, Rick. He's patient. Not just one time he gives me a redo. It's been multiple times in my life that I've messed up and I get these redos. Micah 7.18 says, Who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance. You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. Joel 2.13 says, God savors opportunities to offer second chances and is not eager to punish us when we truly seek forgiveness for our sin. Thank you, Jesus. He offered up his only son, for the forgiveness of our sins, that we didn't have to stay in that place where we were at. He bore our sins and his body on the cross 
so that we could die to the sin that's in our life and live for righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. He lived the sinless life we couldn't live and died the gruesome death that we should have received. Man, I was the worst of the worst. You were the worst of the worst. But he thought we were worth it. And offers us these redos at life. You know, the Bible is full of people that had second chances, that had these redos over and over. There's stories in the Bible. Moses, who murdered a man, gets another chance. Jonah, who fled from God's command. Anybody running from God this morning? I ain't going to raise my hand. David, who committed adultery and had a man murdered, got a redo. Rahab, who was a prostitute in Jericho, and Peter, who denied even knowing Jesus after he spent three years with him, got a redo, got another chance. There's other stories in the Bible of people just like them, moments where God's grace was shown. And again, nobody stands taller than Jesus in this. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. His ministry, he said, would be marked by fresh starts and second chances and these redos for those that many people view as outcasts. And again, I've mentioned this before, that even happens in the church. We may see somebody come in here that we all know their lifestyle. And in our minds, forgive us, forgive us, Lord. We say, oh, no, look who's here. They've tried to get their life right several times, and it just doesn't ever work. It's terrible for us to be thinking like that. God gives second chances, and maybe one of those times it clicks, and they come under the realization of God's Holy Spirit changing them. Man, I've seen some people really messed up, really mean, really angry, really mixed up in some things, and God turn them around and use them to, to grow his kingdom. I've seen that happen in people. So don't, we can't even dare to, to judge people and say they're not going to get it figured out. They've had millions of chances. So what? God will give them a million and one and a million and two. He's done it for me. We see how he redeemed. Jesus redeemed and elevated people, others convicted and condemned. We see that he professed the power of redemption in their lives. And you know what? Jesus, again, the, the king of forgiveness, but it doesn't stop with him. We have to offer that as well. We have to offer chance, chances for people to have redos. A genuine second chance is a declaration that we're not going to hold someone's past against them. Why is it so easy for us to do that to somebody else? We hold their past against them, but we forget that he's not holding our past against us. Why is that so difficult? We're not going to hold someone's past against them, but still we expect to see positive changes in their lives. You know, I, I, when people come to the Lord or, or get this second chance, there is accountability. That's part of discipling people. 
I have people that I'm accountable to. Hopefully you have people that you're accountable to. And as you walk this walk of faith and, and you learn and you go, you're seeing positive changes in your life. You know, when you come down to the altar and you cry and, and you say, Lord, I rededicate my life to you, then there should be some changes. There's some be, there should be some things that take place. Otherwise, all you did was cry and get emotional and you didn't let the Lord do a work in your heart. So Paul exemplifies this approach in his instruction for former thieves in Ephesians 4.28. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. And when we're walking alongside those people that need a redo, we can help bring healing into their lives and into our communities. Let them, let them know you get another chance. That's not it for you. That's not who you're going to be your whole life. It doesn't have to be that way. As Christians, we know the gospel changes people, but do we believe believe that changed people can in turn change other people? Do we truly believe that? You know, if if, uh, Paul or Moses was to walk in here knowing, oh my goodness, they've got blood in their hands, uh, do we, will we be accepting of people that come in that have a past and say, God can use you to further his kingdom. Do we believe that? Do we understand that he does that? Psalm 85 shows us that God's not wishy-washy. He hates sin. He hates sin. And there's, a, there's such a thing as righteous anger, talks about in verse 5. It is one side of God's love, but the the psalmist knows that this righteous anger is not contrary to God's unfailing love. And in this psalm, we see both, both of these things side by side. God forgives. Verses two and three, it says, you lifted the cloud of guilt from your people. You put their sins far out of sight. You cooled your hot, righteous anger. And as he's writing this, he, he knows that when we turn back to God, he restores and revives us through his unfailing love. God restores and revives us through his unfailing love. God restores and he revives us through his unfailing love. He restores us. What does that look like? It's amazing. To be restored by God. And again, I've seen that in my life. I've seen that in other people's lives. When God restores someone. And they come to the realization of who they are in him. It's amazing and it's a beautiful thing to see. It truly is. God loves you. He wants the best for your life. He doesn't want you to mess up your life who I'm speaking to this morning, God does not want you to mess up your life. He wants to do great things in your life. We've got this thing called sin. And unfortunately, when we succumb to that, we give in to that, it takes us on this dark spiral downward. And God's kind, but he's not soft. And in kindness... He'll take us firmly by the hand and let us know that that's not what he wants for us. Parents, you ever had to do this to your kid? Come here, daughter. She has given me the look. When they're acting up or they're doing something they shouldn't be doing, get over here. Come here. I won't do that to you. 
But we ever had to do that with your kids? When they're doing something they shouldn't be? Kind of line them out a little bit? God does that to us. It may not look like that. He may not embarrass you like I embarrassed her. I'm getting a death stare. I love you. But again, in his kindness, he will offer us a way out of that stuff that has taken our life down a path we shouldn't be going on and offer us this redo. All of us have sinned, right? We all fall short of God's glorious standard. But every time we criticize someone for what's going on in their life, we're condemning ourselves as well. It takes one to know one. Judgmental criticism of others is a well-known way of escaping detection of your own crimes and misdemeanors. I want to point out their stuff, but not really pay attention to mine. It's so easy to judge other people about the very things we do ourselves. Man, that person gossips all the time. What are you doing right now? We tend to look at ourselves through that rose-tainted glass Look at everyone else through a magnifying glass. <laughs> I am just, everything's good with me. But you! I'm going to point out everything you do wrong in your life. You, Rick, as you pastor and you preach, I'm going to point everything wrong that you said. Judgmental mind focuses on what is wrong with other people rather than what is right with them. And we, we've got to be the same as what God is in giving reduce to people. We have to love and offer that. And I know it's hard sometimes when you see loved ones or you see friends keep choosing the wrong thing. It's difficult to keep loving through that. But we're called to do it. You've got people close to you that keep choosing the wrong thing. But I ask you this morning, are you helping their situation or are you piling on top of them also? Are you praying that they'll see a change? Are you looking for the good in them instead of looking for all the things that they're doing wrong? Are you giving them that redo, another chance? You know, sometimes all of us, myself included, we need to repent We need to repent. God's kindness leads us to that, to repentance. And the moment that we repent and turn to God, we get a second chance. We get this redo and we get the possibility of a new life in him. Repent. It's a a positive word. It doesn't sound like it, but repentance is a positive word. And it's not just about turning away from sin, but turning towards God. I turn away from this thing that I was doing and now I turn towards God. And he gives me this redo. And God's a God of love and even when we screw up in this life, he still loves us. Thank you for that. Because no matter how many times I've messed up, he still loved me. And I've still felt his love. And I've messed up a bunch. I'm always honest. I'm always real. I've messed up a bunch. I mess up every day. But when I repent 
and tell the Lord, please, please, I'm sorry, please forgive me for the mess I've made of this. He loves me. And he welcomes me back. You guys remember Jonah, right? That story proves that God will never let you go. He'll never let you go. You cannot successfully run away from God or from his call. He was told to go to where? Nineveh. But instead he went to a word that's really hard to say sometime. Tarshish. And he runs from the presence of the Lord. How many people in here run from God before? You know, you can run from him, but you can't hide. <laughs> That's a cool thing about God. He knows it all. He sees it all. You cannot hide from him. He ends up in a mess. Jonah does. And when we get ourselves in a mess, a lot of times we think it's just about us, but sometimes it's about everybody around us as well. And for Jonah in this story, the other people, the other men on the ship were in a mess also. And, and the story shows that our disobedience has consequences for other people. Sometimes the storms we face in life are not our fault, but sometimes they are. We bring things on ourselves. We choose things. So the storm's raging and Jonah knows it's his fault. He's prepared to die and demands to be thrown into the sea, but the Lord provided a great fish because God's love would not let him go. Would not let him go. And it also tells me in this story that God's love can reach you no matter how far you've fallen. I've had people tell me over the years, God just can't take me back. I've neglected him. I've turned my back on him. I've, done, I've not done what he called me to do. He's, just, he's, he's probably done with me. No, he's not. I don't want you to feel that way this morning. I don't want you to feel like you can't get back to where God wants you to be because you can. Through the power of his Holy Spirit working in your life, he can restore you. And it's never too late to come running home to Jesus. It's never too late for a person. I've done some pretty stupid things in my life. Made some dumb decisions. Got really down on myself for a while. For a stretch of my life. And when you get in that moment, or those moments, it feels like all the walls around you start just kind of caving in. And you hurt, and you're sad. And sometimes we get to a point where we just accept it. I've been so down before that I didn't want to be here anymore. But God still reached out and said, I love you. And I said, but God, I messed up. 
I've messed up a lot. And I knew, I knew better, God. And he still said, I love you. I still love you. The Bible says, it says, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he listened to my cry. And I think sometimes when we get in these moments where we're so down, we're so hurt, we're in such a, a, a life of sin and we're so far from God that we can't even talk to him anymore. Like we don't feel worthy to talk to him anymore. It says, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he listened to my cry. This morning, there's no situation that God cannot rescue you from if you cry out to him. No situation. Sometimes we have to face the consequences of our action, but that doesn't mean God's not loving us. This world right now is so negative. And if you're not careful, if you're not guarding your hearts and your minds, if you're not letting God transform that daily, you're going to find yourself in a bad place if you look around this world and you let it influence you one bit. God's love this morning means we get redos. We get a second chance. And extends to everyone. And I got to thinking about just my own life. And even when I go against his will and his ways and make these mistakes in my life and make them every day, even when I mess up, I want to tell you, even when you mess up, God sees in you what you may not always see. He sees who you can be. You may not feel that. You may not see it as well, but he sees it. And I'm glad I serve a God who gives us second chances. I said I'm glad I serve a God that gives us second chances. And in my life... You know, the first time I messed up and God said, you can have a second chance, I'm so glad he gives more than a second chance because I already ruined that second chance and the third and the fourth, yet he still gives them to me. He forgives 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 me. Over and over, he forgives me. Does that mean I continue to sin and sin and sin? No. The Bible talks about that too, no. But I'm so thankful that he gives us more than one chance to get things right. I'm so thankful he shows grace and mercy as, a, as the praise team comes back. I'm glad I serve a God who allows these redos in life. You guys about to bow your heads for just a moment this morning. Close your eyes.
This morning, you may have messed up. You may have messed up your life. You may have messed up a lot. But I want you to know that God allows you a chance for a redo. Whatever it is this morning, there's another chance for you that you can have a fresh start today. Maybe you're in here this morning, you don't know the Lord. I'm telling you right now, he wants to know you. He wants to be real. He wants to be your savior and deliver you out of everything that you're dealing with. Maybe you knew him at one time this morning, but you've walked away from him. He's calling out for you to come back, come home. Maybe you're here this morning and you're just stuck in a rut with your faith. Like I said earlier, you're, you're just going through the motions. And you haven't felt God in a while. You, your fires kind of went out. He's a fire starter this morning. I want to encourage you to, to make a fresh start with God today. There's a thing about redos or second chances. You know, how do they happen? Well, part of that's on us, that we have to take action to want to start again. We have to move. So my question is, do you need a redo this morning? Do you need, do, do you need to release your regrets? Release your hurts. Release those mistakes that you've made and start new. If you're dealing with something this morning, you're struggling with any of those things I mentioned, let God turn those regrets into resolve. And resolve is, is to decide firmly on a course of action. You can decide this morning that I'm going to take this redo that God gives me and I'm going to firmly plant my feet on his word on what he wants me to do and I'm going to start fresh. So I encourage you this morning to pick yourself back up. Pick yourself back up. Come down to this altar and get that chance again to walk with the Lord, to serve him like you know he wants you to do. To release the pain, the hurt, the mistakes and understand that he does not remember them. He forgives them. Father, right now, preach your word, Lord. Holy Spirit, do your part right here, Father. Work on people's hearts that may be in a pit right now of despair and hopelessness. Father, right now, show them that hope is found in you. Lord, give them the courage and the strength to get up again and to respond to your tugging on their heart this morning. I just praise you and I thank you. God, I invite your Holy Spirit to move in these altars this morning, God. If anybody's in need of salvation, rededication or healing in their life, in their body, in their mind, move, God. Release it this morning, Father. Praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Stop.